Happy New Year, and welcome to the chat room. I am your host, Connor Valentine. I decided I'm going to read more books this year, so I stopped by my local bookstore. The crazy thing happened while I was there. Someone kept throwing Stephen King books all around the store, and I wondered why they were doing that. Then it hit me. Oh, it's it, it just getting started, folks. These, these jokes are just crazy good. You think that's wild? I recently got caught up in the middle of an attempted heist at an Apple store. I guess that makes me an eyewitness. <laughs> I went on a job interview recently, and I'm pretty sure I blew it. I mean, real bad. It was going well, and we talked about our shared love of classic rock music. But when the hiring manager got back on track and asked if I could perform under pressure, I said, no, but I do know all the words to Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> My girlfriend keeps trying to get me to watch those stupid Twilight movies, and believe me, I hate them. The other night, she asked me who my favorite vampire was, and I told her, uh, the Muppet from Sesame Street. She says to me, he doesn't count. I replied, um, well, that's kind of all he does. <laughs> A recent poll shows that over 40% of Americans consider themselves political pundits, which is very interesting, because that same poll found that just under 15% of Americans know what the word pundit means. We have a great show for you. My guest is this guy I found under the side of the road. He's kind of shaggy looking, but you know what? He had a great personality, so I thought, hey, I'll get him on the show. His name is Joe Aguirre, and he is the head of this show and the Clovercrest Media Podcast Network. So ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy the show. Welcome to the chat room. I'm your host, Connor Valentine. And today, I'm going to be interviewing my boss, Mr. Joe Aguirre, who runs not only this show, The Chat Room, and is my producer, but also runs Divide We Stand, I'll Piss You Off Shortly, All Four Downs, Jawing About the G-Men, Roll Call, Two Keys to the City, and Throwing Jabs. Joe, thanks for being here. Uh, it is absolutely my pleasure. I host seven shows a week. Um, I produce another 13. So uh, I produce with my own uh, hands and voice 20 a week. And we have 32 in all on the CMG podcast network. Uh, one of which, of course, is yours. And it's great because you 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 have a hand in every single podcast on this network as you are the man who founded it. Where did CMG come from? So I uh, spent 20 years in the radio business and uh, a few years ago um, really got into podcasting. I started doing a podcast in 2016. That's actually uh, divided. We stand was under a different name then and um, basically started it a lifelong Republican. I thought Trump was the worst thing I'd ever seen hit politics. And I decided I needed to document it. And I began doing a podcast on that. From there, we started having sports guys do shows. They wanted me to be on their sports shows. I'm a huge sports fan in addition to my love of politics. And, uh, you know, from there, we, we started a company, um, a small group of us. That's just me now um, and, and 32 podcasts. I think we have about 40 podcasters on the network and all. And, you know, we're one of the things that we do differently than everybody else is uh, people try to charge an arm and a leg for you to produce a podcast. And if, if this is your side hustle and it is for most people that work on this network, 
uh, and they do a great job and they invest a lot of their, their time and energy into it. But if it becomes where you can't afford to do it, then you're going to stop. I'm about content creation. That's what I've been doing for 23 years. I think it's the greatest thing in the world. I think everybody, conservative, liberal, uh, independent, idiot, moron, intelligent person, elitist, everybody, everybody has a right to a voice. Uh, I firmly believe that. I'm not a fan of censorship. However, there's two places where I think censorship belong, um, and it's on social media, and it's where people are usually either threatening violence or are passing misinformation. Right. And the question comes up, how can we tell if something is true or false? It's easy to do. I, I just, uh, it's and, and, and if anybody has any questions, um, my Twitter is Podcaster Joe tweet at me I, I i will explain the difference between fact i've been in this business for a long time i'll tell you who the uh, sources of of integrity and credibility are and i'll tell you who the other guys are and i'll put it to you like this if you read an article that that makes you so angry and that you find the material to be so absurd it's fake news you know, it's funny. I, I just um, you, you were giving a really serious message there and you were actually giving a really a, a public message to a lot of people. And uh, I, I just I cracked up a little bit at the, the stupid and the moron part. I don't know why. It's just, you know, you're right. Everybody has a, can, has the right to have their speech heard. But that part just cracked me up because, you know, what? there's a lot of stupid idiots out there who say a lot of things that rile people up and there's no facts behind it. And it's just it, it, it's very conflicting. And you find that everywhere. You find that on liberals and conservative, and you find that with, I mean, anybody who can, because that's the internet. And I'm just wondering, what's you know, what's the difference between your show, Divide We Stand, just for the politics, and anywhere else on the internet? We speak facts. Yeah. And 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 I, I'm an independent at this point. I I, I mean, I really don't. I, I don't see any side as being particularly better. I mean, right now, the, the policies of the Democrats favor the middle class and the poor. And as long as they're on that side, I mean, I'd be a loon to not support that. Um, you know, that doesn't mean I support every crazy thing that happens on the left. You know, I was very clear that the, the, the riots over the summer I don't think they did any good. Uh, I think, if anything, it turned a lot of white America against the BLM movement. And I think that's a crying shame. Uh, a lot of people want to disparage it. I mean, at its core, what BLM is about is a great message. And it's something everybody should be supporting. And the only reason they don't is because of the violence and the protests and the looting that come with the criminal element of, of anything. Um, but violence is never acceptable. It, it, it can't be now with this uh, assault on our nation's capital. It wasn't all right then. I'll, I'll never support that. I, I, I will chastise our, our left wing host as much as I will the people who are on the right. I don't have any problem doing that. I think that's the right thing to do at all times. I, I don't have any allegiance to any politician. So my, my, my question to you before we get into some of the other podcasts you do, because you have such a variety, you go into sports and you go into, I mean, from the Yankee, you do, you know, uh, pop culture on I'll Piss You Off shortly. You do such a, a high variety that I don't want to focus too much on just the politics. I do have one more question for you, and I want to know your opinion on this. When the, uh, the I don't want to call it the mainstream, I know that sounds a little too conservative, but when you see uh, certain networks, like maybe MSNBC and you see uh, CNN, uh, talk about the, the riots over the summer that unfortunately coexisted with the, the peaceful protests, which were most of them for Black Lives Matter. Um, and they 
call those also peaceful protests or when six blocks of Seattle was taken, they called it a summer love. Was that somewhat? I don't know where you read that, but that didn't happen on MSNBC or CNN. And not that I particularly subscribe to either of those networks. I mean, I try to I try to get my news from all of them. Uh, just this morning, somebody told me uh, Sean Hannity got thro- thrown off Twitter as part of this uh, censorship that social media is doing. Um, I, I had happened to just have watched a video on his Twitter channel. And I immediately posted that and showed my friend that the information she got was incorrect. Nobody was in support of the violence and the rioting that happened this summer. And if you're going to point to a couple of isolated idiots who were like, nobody ever called for violence. And I'll tell you right now, if anybody ever did or ever does, I would be the first person to condemn that because there's no place for that in America. You know, what's funny is, is just now, even just now, that's for everybody who's watching. That's just a little sample at the, at the fact, at the corrections that Joe will make on anyone, even if it's not uh, his own show. Like just now, when I thought I saw that on a different network, Joe made the quick correction and said, no, that's not actually, that's not actually true when I thought it was. You're going to be able to find a lot of stuff like that on Divided We Stand. And I'm actually on a couple of episodes where he does that. For about an hour, <laughs> I get schooled a little bit for about an hour about things that I don't really understand or I don't really have a great concept of. Joe and his co-hosts on there, Rob and um, Victoria, and then Victoria, you know, they correct me, and we have a lot of great dialogue. So if you want to check out Divided We Stand, that's exclusive here on CMJ. I'll tell you too. I mean, I've blasted Victoria plenty of times. When anytime I hear Victoria just repeating liberal talking points that I don't think are valid, I will call her out in two seconds on it. I don't buy the company line, not from either party. I won't accept it. Facts are facts. You you can't tell me any different. I can look the facts up and I know what they are. And if you say the wrong thing, I will immediately correct you and I'll allow you to proceed with your argument. But we we have to agree on facts in this country. We have to agree. You know, again, the idea that that um, conservatives are being censored on social media, study after study has proven that uh, nearly 80 percent of political content on social media is conservative. They're not being censored. The, the bad ones are getting thrown off. People who are inciting violence and spreading hatred and, and, and lies get thrown off. I heard the argument about the Ayatollah of Iran. Why does he get the tweet? Well, he's smart enough not to threaten people on Twitter. He just does it in real life. <laughs> no, I've I've seen that before. And you know what? There's a big difference. There there is a big difference, and it's very and it's evident. And anybody who can read can tell the difference of when you're trying to incite violence and just have a great conversation. And you'll find that most people are willing to have that conversation. Uh, getting out of the uh, the realm of politics, because you can find all of that on Divide We Stand, you also do a couple of different shows revolved around sports, and you're really big into it. Uh, you are my mortal enemy in football. I'm a big Patriots fan, and you're a Giants fan. You run jawing about the G-Men. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the Giants have been special to me since I was a kid. I met Lawrence Taylor in 1986 um, oh, at Yale University as part of a, a Walter Camp uh, this day, uh, an organization I've uh, done a lot of work with over my career. Uh, Walter Camp's a, a great foundation. But I met Lawrence Taylor and Doug Flutie in 1986. And um, 
Well, that same year, I also wrote a letter to the Giants running back, Joe Morris, who was 5'7", little guy, um, had, had spent a couple of years as a backup and then broke onto the scene, became a big superstar. And I sent him a self-addressed stamped envelope and a picture, and I asked for an autograph. And in it, he wrote, from one Joe to another. Um, and then some other message. And if you can believe this, in 2015, I was doing a gig with the Connecticut Lottery uh, as a radio personality, and they teamed me up with Joe Morris. And I got to spend a couple hours with Joe. I told him about the letter and how much it meant to me as a kid. And uh, he then signed me a new picture uh, and again wrote on it from one Joe to another, uh, which was was a, a really cool uh, highlight to my career. Uh, and to my life in general. I mean, it, I've always been a big Giants fan. I, I live and die by the big blue. I love football. I mean, I'm a big, huge sports fan. Baseball's my actually my number one love. Um, the monitor right now that's sitting in front of me, um, and I'm sure you've seen it. You've been in the studio here a million times. Uh, it's the baseball encyclopedia. And as a kid, I liked to read. We didn't have a lot of books. So there were two things I read. My parents had a set of Encyclopedia Britannica. And uh, I read those back and forth, cover to cover, and then the baseball encyclopedia, um, which is is why, I mean, I can spit stats and I can spit historical dates and facts like that. Uh, and that's just kind of the way I was raised. And, and, you know, those are the things I love most in the world. You've always been a knowledgeable guy. As long as I've known you, you've always had, you know, and you were, you were my you were my instructor at Connecticut School of Broadcasting. That's how I know you. And Correct. I mean, from then, from there to now, I mean, you, you've always had facts. You've never really strayed away. And, you know, it's actually, that's a really, a really nice story about you and, and Joe Morris. And uh, now I feel bad for calling you my moral enemy, but that still stands a tad bit because I am still a Pats fan and you guys beat us twice. And I don't forget that. But um, speaking of that 2007 season, do you know what the difference between 18 and one is in 19 and 0? What is the difference? Um, 18, one, 18 to one uh, doesn't have the same ring. <laughs> that's horrible. Thank and you. that's still things because it was the helmet catch. That's how yeah. what I remember from that, from that game. Cause when the game ended, that's how it ended. And I remember, um, who, who's the, uh, who's the guy who does television now that was on that game who won that Super Bowl with Eli Manning that year. Who was it? He has the, the gap in his teeth. Michael um, Strahan. Who I don't care if he's a giant, he is one of my favorite football players of all time because he's got a great personality. Uh, you know, but it's cool that you have such an emotional connection with with the, with the team that you love. You know, I don't know anybody other than you who's been able to get messages back from and even meet some of the players that they've they've gotten to know. That's the reason why they love that team. That's cool. Oh yeah, I'll tell you another story. In 2004, I went to a roast um, at Mohican Sun for Joe Torrey where I met Tommy Lasorda, who just passed away, uh, Joe Girardi, Jim Leland, uh, Yogi Berra. Um, I mean, Bob Costas was there. Um, you know, So, again, I've been very fortunate in, in my career to interview and talk to uh, some of my favorite superstars. Um, well, I'm sure you'll mention the combat sports show that I'm on, uh, Throwing Jabs. I actually have a great story. Uh, in 1999, I was doing an appearance at a car dealership with former heavyweight champion Joe Lewis. 
You met Joe Lewis and you did I stuff with him? Lewis, and he was in a suit and I was in a KC 101 t-shirt because I was a DJ at the radio station. <laughs> I looked like an idiot. And uh, they were like, hey, post for some pictures. And so the champ put his hands up and I put mine up and I faced him like we were doing like a squid. You know, they, you know, they do like pre-fight. They square up at each other. And uh, people started taking pictures. And I said, hey, champ, you still got it? And literally before I could close my lips, Joe Frazier, I kid you not, jabbed me in my face. Why? So why? why to, 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 I mean, why do you do that? To, to fill up the you still got it part? I asked him a question and he decided to answer it with his left jab. Um, <laughs> I, I've been punched in my face three times in my life. And I'm proud to say Joe Lewis was the third and final person to do it. Can you find this anywhere on the internet or, or no, probably not. No, we didn't have video back in 1998. We just had stories. Well, uh, I mean, I guess the only reason I say that is because they've got the, they probably have the video cam, the, not, the, not the iPhones, but the, the video cameras where you can, you know, the, the cameras. Yeah. That's what I, was I know there's photos of us together, but I don't think anybody captured literally the moment where he assaulted me. That is the cool. You've got so many cool stories. You really do. You have, I mean, as long as I've known you, you have always had an interesting story to tell. And I mean, you tell them on all of these shows as well. But I, before we get into some of the other things that you, you do and some of the other things that you work on, on on this network, you were telling me a really funny story yesterday that I want to share with our audience about Jamaica. I've only told this story on air twice. So I'm pleased to tell it to your audience. And I set it up like this. I got kidnapped in Jamaica. And I had no idea I was being held against my will. Here's how the story goes. First of all, as you can imagine, I left the resort, which is rule number one. Like you get there and they're like, don't leave the resort. But I found some trustworthy local. Uh, and I, uh, I headed into town. And while I was with them, we uh, partook in Jamaican culture, if you will. And uh, at one point, again, this, it, this was in 1998. Cell phones were, were still a newer technology. I was traveling with the radio station. And I'm in the middle of hanging out with these Jamaican fellas. And one of them hands me the phone. And I get on it, and it was my boss. And she goes, are you all right? And I was, I was supposed to be back. I was running up to bring back to uh, the uh, the resort, you know. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm like, uh, we're heading back shortly," because I didn't know what was happening. She had asked, she asked him if he could speak to me, literally, to make sure that I wasn't dead. <laughs> well, we should be considerate. Like, let me hear his voice so I know he's alive. <laughs> and there I am, an idiot. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm like having a great time with these guys." Um, yeah, I was out in the middle of Negril, Jamaica, um, and uh, uh, didn't know it, but uh, as I was hanging out with my, my newfound friends, uh, I was being ransomed back, uh, back to my friends uh, for less than $1,000. Less than, well, at least you're worth something. You know, at least you're worth something. If you could put a value on it, I think it was about $860. You are worth $860. Some people say you're priceless. Some a people say... That's a lie. Now you know you're $160. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> That's a great story, though. Wow. Part of that trip was I was, we were actually traveling with Glenn Beck, who's uh, the well known conservative radio and TV personality. And when we Fun came boys. back, 
There were a lot of people's bags they should have checked as we got through customs at JFK. I mean, pretty much everybody in that group, if you would have checked the bag, I think you would have found contraband uh, of some sort or another. And the only person that they stopped at the airport and went through all of his luggage and found nothing, obviously, because he's a real, real prude, was glad. <laughs> was glad that's that that must have been a real pain in the ass for that guy man imagine imagine you're the only guy who who, who stays a straight and narrow and they just check your bag yeah. just because you look like it i love that that's that's, that's great again that's a pre 9 11 story um had that happened afterwards we all would have gone to jail <laughs> well a lot of things changed after 9 11 unfortunately but i'll tell you something though that is uh that's that's one of those stories you get to keep that's that's really funny. Uh, you you want one more? I'll give you one more great story. I met one of the Harlem Globetrotters, a guy named Orlando Antigua. Another situation where we were uh, doing a, an, a joint appearance together, me as a radio personality, him as a Globetrotter. A little cooler, I would say. And um, all night, there was a basketball hoop in the showroom, and I challenged him to play me one-on-one. Orlando, by the way, is six foot ten. That's a, that's a tall guy. I'm 5'7 in my good shoes. And so all night I was like, dude, come on, you and me one-on-one. And he was like, no, dude, we're not doing that. So like 15 minutes left to the appearance, it was kind of dying down. He said, I'll play you in a game of horse. And I got to tell you, I got off to an H.O. start. I hit my first two. He missed his first two. Uh, One was I hit a shot behind a pickup truck. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, And another one, I went um, high off the backboard. Um, and his actually bounced out. So it was HO. Uh, I missed a shot. He comes roaring back. It was like HORS. And I, and I got it to, and I almost think he was messing with me a little bit. Uh, it came down to HORS and HORS. And I missed a shot from about 35 feet out. Not even close. His shot. He takes the ball. He walks over to the hoop and he dunks it. And he handed me the ball, and he said, <laughs> game. Because he had the height on you. He had the, the six foot. That, that's crazy. The wow. one shot he knew I wasn't going to make, the dunk. Um, and and uh, I have a, a really fantastic autograph from him. He wrote, hey, Joe, keep talking that shit, Orlando Antigua. You so let, let's let's take let's take a step back here. You've got a baseball signature. You've got a basketball signature and you have a what was it the uh, a boxer right when you with the jab yeah you've got three major signatures all because of all of all the stuff that they see you on 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 radio because you were uh you were the the host of the river 1059 in uh here in Connecticut I was, yeah, the number one rated morning show for uh, about three and a half years. That was a lot of fun. Um, I've always, you know, it's funny, Connor. I just always enjoyed being like a fun person. I I don't take things too seriously. I never really have. Um, no, I don't even take that seriously. I mean, you know, it's so funny how many people hate each other right now. Um, unless you insult me or threaten me, you could be on my Facebook and Twitter. And I'm again, I, I've talked to I'm a lifelong Republican. I've been talking to conservatives for the last two weeks, almost every day. Friends of mine, three, four a day. Um, and we don't it, it doesn't get heated. We have conversations and they're like, but what about this? And I'm like, guy, right, come on. It's it's debunked. And we talk through it. Um, 
I like to have conversations. I think conversations are important. And I think if this country is going to get past this awful time that we've been living in. And I mean, this goes back to, you know, it's not all on Donald Trump. It's not. I mean, this goes back to 2014 and, and the the police brutality and, and Ferguson. And I mean, this has been happening for a long time. It's been brewing. And this guy came in and, and started beating the drum of the us versus them. People doubled down. We got to stop that. We got to start talking to each other like normal people again. You know, that Trump Trump derangement syndrome. I think that applies to the other side. I think the guy in the horns in the Chewbacca outfit, I think that guy has Trump derangement syndrome. Are you insane? You thought you should like attack the or assassinate the vice president because he disagreed with Donald Trump once? Come on. We got to get like back to like normal thought. Let's get back on Facebook. Let's be passive aggressive. Let's stop being threatening to one another. Let's stop talking about whose country this is. It's all of our country. Liberal, Democrat, communist, Muslim, LBGTQ. It's everybody's country. We all share in it together. We're not a Christian nation. And if we, if we, if we don't even show the Judeo-Christian values that we pretend this country is, then, then why, why even put that facade up? You know, we've seen a, a rise in white nationalism in this country. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a second generation American. I, I, I don't subscribe to, to the nationalism. I mean, I'm a white guy. So thankful for that um, because I can't imagine, you know, I, I wouldn't have had the opportunities I've had in my life if I wasn't. And I've been through a lot of things in my life where I know if I were black, things would have been a lot different. And, 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 for someone who was a conservative for a long time and ignored that, I feel really bad about that. Um, and 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 all the microaggressions that I've seen happen in front of me with 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 minorities and with with gay people or LGBTQ people uh, with women and and to stand aside and, and and allow to brush that off. You know, we have a podcast that I produce, one of the many podcasts, the podcast system with Lovey. Uh, who you had on your show very early on, uh, you know, Lovey's show has absolutely exploded. She uh, is a black woman married to a Jewish man in Vermont, Exeter, Vermont. She's a councilwoman in town and deals with a lot of racism. And a lot of it isn't stuff that you would think um, is, you know, blatant racism. It hurts her feelings nonetheless. She did an entire episode about microaggressions. Um, Lovey's are friends of my wife's from high school. I mean, they hadn't seen each other in 20 years when she reached out about starting a podcast. I've gotten to know Lovey over the phone and, and in video calls. I've never met the woman. I, I, I produce her show, and I had this episode listening to her tick off about eight or nine of these microaggressions, and I was crying about it. Uh, broke my heart. I mean, you know, when someone says something is racist or sexist, you quick, everyone's quick to brush that stuff off if it's not screaming the N-word in someone's face. You know, or or physically assaulting a woman. You know what I mean? Well, she was asking for it. You know, stuff like that. We, we got to get over that kind of mentality here. Victim blaming and all that jazz. It, it, it's, it's time to get serious. It's time to respect human beings. I mean, when, you know, I, I, as a kid growing up, I remember, um, and it happened more in the inner city than anywhere else, but you're seeing it in the suburbs now where kids got shot for disrespecting somebody. You know, it used to be when I was a kid that, you know, I would just kick your ass or you would kick mine and the, the beef was squashed. 
And now it's got to get all crazy. We got to get guns. We got to jump people. I mean, when does the madness end? These are the kinds of conversations that are talked about not only uh, between myself and Joe, but you find these kinds of conversations and talking points and perspectives on Divided We Stand. Uh, You also find some of them on I'll Piss You Off Shortly, which is a show that is run by Rob and Joe, uh, where it goes a little bit into pop culture, but some politics. Uh, It also is talked about by Lovey on her program that is also on CMG. And these kind of conversations you're going to hear a lot, especially because they're run by Joe. And he gives you a very, very in-depth perception, uh, a very in-depth look at some of the injustices and some of the things that are overlooked in this country and even to a certain extent around the world, you know? So, of course, you know, it's always a pleasure to have you on this show, Joe. And I really loved having you. And thank you, really thank you for being here because you have taken this show and you've taken it to a whole other level with the guests that have been on and, and and you putting all of your time and effort into making a really good show out of this. So I, I got to thank you very much. Well, I want to thank you very much for having me on. Uh, I really do appreciate it. You're doing a really great job with this and uh, you know, you're picking up some steam and everybody on the network loves you and is always excited to come here before I go. I do want to plug three more quick shows. Um, Ivy league murders, Crime and Consequences and Sticky Beaks, which is actually hosted by my wife. I am the producer of all three of those true crime shows. Um, They are three of the uh, biggest downloaded true crime podcasts um, in, in the entire country. They're all on charitables. They're all really great podcasts. They all do a really good job. Uh, it's an honor to to produce all of those shows and, and all they're, of these. They're very interesting. Super, super talented people. Uh, so I just wanted to give them all kudos because uh, I'll tell you, to, to see the kind of numbers of downloads that those uh, shows put up, um is is uh such an honor and, and it, it really helps all of the shows on the network a lot of the sports shows do better uh on their video presentations and on the actual downloads of the podcasts but you know to be able to to be able to interact and cross promote uh with these huge audiences on uh, on some of these really great shows uh is really to everybody's benefit and we've been growing as a team and and again um you know we keep the expenses kind of on the low side so that you can create and um, that's what it's all about. Before we get going, I do have one more thing to bring up with you. And it is whiff of greatness. You're going to be a caricature of yourself. You're going to be Joe Aguirre, the caricature. Not that you're already a character of yourself but right now, but a real genuine caricature of yourself. So talk to us a little bit about that before we head out. When I am on the wiffle ball field, um, I literally morph into a different person. I am animated. Um, I'm, I'm a really good pitcher and I can really hit wiffle balls. Well, I've been playing my whole life. I mentioned how much I love baseball and there's a a league in my hometown started by guys I went to high school with and I got very involved. They actually made me co-commissioner this last year, which was awesome. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I am a delusional, um, I play a character of myself and it really all started because my wife didn't want me to play. And uh, I had to turn it into uh, a docu-series, literally to make it part of work. And uh, my wife's been great. She's actually been in quite a few of it. Um, We released a trailer last year, got a lot of great uh, response. People have been asking for it. We just shot uh, the whole, uh, this whole past season. So we're, we're hopeful by this spring 
that we will have uh, the first 10 episodes of the docuseries A Whiff of Greatness. Connor was in it, and as a matter of fact, uh, I'm excited about this. Connor's actually going to be interviewing my uh, Wiffle Ball character, Joe Aguirre, uh, who, as, as delusional as one can be about Wiffle Ball, um, and about I'm very delusional on Wiffle Ball. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and Connor actually did a lot of interviews with a lot of the guys in the league, and they, everybody has such a blast, man. Everybody kind of gets the gig that we're doing there. We bring the cameras down. We have, we've had drones shooting overhead, and, and everybody absolutely loves it. And, um, a lot of the interviews, uh, I guess they either played it. I haven't seen all the footage just yet, Connor, but I know some of them played it up like uh, they talked about me in character and some of them talked about me out of character as just an idiot. It's a lot of fun. When I got to interview those guys, you know, they, they sound like they were having a lot of fun during the game. They were talking about you. They were talking about your alter ego. What was it? What did they call you? Spider-Man? They called you Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I'm 45 years old. I can't get down low unless I start low. And if I start low and I'm not moving my body, I won't be able to respond in time. So I kind of have like a low Spider-Man movement thing going on. And and, uh, that's that is where the name actually came from. Funny story, uh, real quick, end of, of the first season that we played where we documented the whole thing, my team went to the postseason. I was on the mound for both of our last two games and in each game with a lead in the last inning, I gave up a walk-off home run to lose it. Like literally the opposite of what a Hollywood ending would be in back-to-back games. We couldn't even like cut one out and go with the other one. Cause they both ended the same way. So we decided to end the series literally on us losing. Um, so Kind of setting up for like a rocky season two. Oh my god! Spoken like a true fan. Oh my god, that's awesome, man! So like a rocky two. I've never. That's that's kind of cool. You know, I'm, I'm ashamed to say this. I have not actually seen any of the Rocky movies. I have only seen clips of number one. Well, lucky for you, I own all five. So if you have a VCR, I still have them on VHS. You know what? Maybe you and I will. Maybe you and I will do a Rocky marathon at some point. I'd love that. Well, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Joe Aguirre. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. It is an absolute pleasure to always talk to you. Thank you for having me on. Love the show um, and continued uh, success to you, my friend. If anybody is looking forward to seeing more of Joe, because there is a lot of him left, you can check him out on most of seven of the podcasts that are on this network, Divided We Stand. I'll piss you off shortly. All four downs, drawing about the G-Men, and again, <gasps> roll call, keys to the city, throwing jabs, and eventually whiff of greatness. Mr. Joe Aguirre, everyone, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.